0: I don't want to take a moment to talk to you on the topic of you're in the right place at the right time. Right place, right time. How many, how many of you feel you're in the right place at the right time tonight? Now, some of you, you're, 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 you're talking about being here, and that's that's great. Yes, you are in the right place at the right time. But here's the thing. You're always in the right place at the right time when you're walking with God. Even when it's going crazy and it's chaotic and the world is... Crumbling, and you know, how, how was it that the, the little chicken would say, the, the sky is falling down, the sky is falling. Even when the sky is falling down, you're in a good place. You're in the best place possible because you're walking with Christ. You know, in the last moments that Jesus spent with the disciples, if you study the, the gospels, you'll see that they had many questions, there were many doubts, there were concerns, there were fears. Um, there were internal struggles. And all these things played a big part in them setting aside who Jesus was in that moment. Listen closely. They were with Christ, but they were responding like if he was already gone. They were, they were, they were weary. They were, they, were, they were worried. They were hurting. And Jesus was comforting them. Jesus was, was, was speaking into their lives. Jesus was preparing them for that which was to come. But the thing about it is this, that even in the midst of their fears and their doubts and their worries and their questions, just like us, in whatever capacity, wherever you find yourself in life, for some of us, man, you are carrying some weight right now. You're feeling burdened. You're feeling heavy You're concerned about the news. You're worrying about your job. You're worrying about your next business move. You're thinking about your family. You're thinking about decisions. And in the midst of that, you need to understand that no matter what is going on around you, you and Jesus are the majority, and you are in the right place at the right time all the time because God is with you. It reminds me of a story I heard of this guy who, who found himself... Uh, walking along a steep cliff one day. And this guy accidentally got too close to the edge and he fell. And on the way down while he was falling this, down this long drop, he, he, he was able to grab onto a branch which temporarily stopped his fall. And he looked down into his horror. He saw that the canyon fell straight down for another thousand feet or so. And he couldn't hang on to this branch forever. And there was no way for him to climb back up the steep wall of the cliff. And so he begins yelling for help. Help, help, help. Hoping that someone passing by would hear him and lower a rope or something. Help, help, is anyone up there? Help. He yelled for a long time, but no one heard him. And just when he was about to give up and let go, he heard a voice. The voice said, Jack. Jack, can you hear me? He goes, Yes, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you, Jack. Are you all right? Yes, but who are you and where are you? He says, I'm the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. The Lord? You mean God? That's me. God, please help me, please, please, I promise if, if you'll get me down from here, I'll stop sinning, I'll be a really good person, I'll serve you all the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, Jack. Let's get you off from there, and then we can talk. I'll do anything, Lord, anything, just, just tell me what to do. Okay, let go of the branch. What? What? I said, let go of the branch, just trust me, let go. There was a long silence, and finally Jack yelled, help, help, is anyone else up there? I'll tell you why I share that with you this evening as we get started here, because the best place one can ever find themselves is right in the center of what God is telling you to do. Where God is telling you to go. What God is revealing to you from his word. And you know, sometimes that's, that's a hard place to be. Not for God, it's for us. Because we don't want to let go. We want to hang on. Right? And, and, and oftentimes what we end up doing is we, we outright want to just sidestep God. And say, well, no, nah, God, I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. So is anyone else up there? And then everything crashes and burns. And unfortunately for some people, we blame God. And it's not his fault. And so this is like the disciples, man. They, 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 pref- they were preferring in that moment to look elsewhere. Jesus is saying, I'm right here and I'm going to go, but you're not going to be alone. I'm sending you my, my comfort, my help, my strength, my spirit who's going to live in you. You're going to be well. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be with you until the very end of the age. And these guys are looking elsewhere. And they are not. They weren't realizing, just like maybe some of us don't, that it doesn't get better than trusting Jesus. I want you to hear something. I want you to hear me very clearly. There's no place better in life. There's no stage no, no, no. No. Age no 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 circumstance there's no place better to be than when you are completely trusting Jesus. Amen. So here's a question to consider. How are you responding in your trust to Jesus? Are you really making room for him? Are you trusting him? Are you truly Protector, you'll never, never, never let me go. Are you really there? Do you believe that with all your heart? Right? Are you completely surrendered? You know, there came a time when a king from a place called Aram was, this guy was bent on destroying Israel. But every time he would advance to attack, the armies of Israel were already positioned against him. And it got to such an extent that this guy came to believe, and the scripture says that he gathers all his kingdom and and, and all his his advisors and everything, he says, there's a traitor amongst us. Somebody's telling the Israelites our plans. And his counsel tell him, oh, no, oh, king of Aram, no. Actually, Elisha, the prophet, he's with the people of Israel, and he hears from God, and God tells him, your plans, the very things that you speak in your most uh, uh, inner chambers. And so this guy says, all right, well, if that's the case, then get my best warriors, get all my chariots, get all my armies, and go find Elisha. And so they end up going to Elisha, and they find him in a place called Dothan. And Aram's armies all converged around Elisha's home. I mean, it was a massive army that surrounded him. And he's up on a hill and 2 Kings 6 states that Elisha's servant, that he went outside, right, early in the morning and he was horrified. He saw this massive army and he freaked out and he says, Elisha, we're surrounded. What are we going to do, Elisha? this is the same servant who had been with Elisha and had seen him perform great miracles by the power of God. Yet in this moment, he believed that they were done for. He believed that they had no way out. He believed that this time, God could not bring them through. This time. Listen to 2 Kings 6, starting at verse 16. This is Elisha speaking to him. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I imagine this guy in that moment going What exactly are we talking about here? Who are we talking about? Who, who who's with us? You know, we do that sometimes if we could be honest with ourselves. We don't do it in that manner. But we 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 scheme and we plot and we plan and we and 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 we make things happen and we Push things and we reorient our lives and we re budget and we fix these things and move these things and do those things and and get all these things in place. And literally, what we're doing is we're saying, I got this because after all, yeah, I, I don't see God. You know how you know when you're not trusting God? Here's a good sign that you're not trusting God you're anxious. you stressing. You're losing sleep. You're spinning your wheels. You're always thinking about your next move and how you're going to do it. Yes, sir. You're always on the go, trying to figure it out. And no matter what you do, it's never enough. And so you continue to plot and to connive and to plan and to work, and to try and make something happen. And in the midst of it, you're saying, God, how? God, please, God, show me. But he can't. It's not that he's unable. It's that you're unwilling. It's a dangerous place to be in. And so this guy, he looks, I imagine he looks around and he goes, Elisha, what, 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 what are you talking about? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Man, you know, I pray that today over you right now in this very moment. Lord, open eyes here that he, that she, that we might see. Help us see, Lord. Help us see. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked. He looked. And then he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Listen to this. Watch this. Around who? Elisha. Elisha. Elisha knew who was with him. And thus, no matter what was going on around him, Elisha knew, right place, right time. My God is with me. Now let me just speak directly to your heart because I believe that some of us, that really is our heart's desire, that we would, we would live out of that overflow, that we would see and perceive The presence, the power, the promises, the plans of God in that manner. And let me just encourage your heart if you struggle with that. Whether you see it or you don't, God is still with you. And you are surrounded by a mighty army, hosts of heaven. God is with you. The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? That's not a question of if God is with you. He is with you. And the, the, the question isn't, how am I going to make it? The question that we should be asking is, who can be against me? Man, that's good stuff. I'm, I'm talking to somebody tonight. I know I am. And so, see, while it appeared that they were the minority, Elisha knew that they were the majority, and it made all the difference for them. Can I encourage you, believer, to lift your head up, to square your shoulders back, To hold your head high. And wherever you go, to walk with the understanding that you are God's anointed. That wherever you set your feet, as God told Joshua and Caleb and the people of Israel in Numbers 13, wherever you set your feet, God has given it to you. That truly, whatever you apply your hands to, that it it will prosper That you truly are the head and not the tail. That you truly are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Am I talking to somebody here tonight that knows that almighty God is with them, is for them, empowers them, and is calling you to stand up, to stand out, to step out, and do what God has called you to do? Come on now, I'm talking to the people of God. This is where the disciples missed it, in those final moments with Jesus. And this is where we miss it, too, if we're not careful. You know, when we started out to this very day, we, we always, am I, I can't even apologize for this. I just, I don't see small. I don't see small. Oh, there was a time when I saw small. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. That was one of the reasons why we lived, with the four of us, the kids were real little, in a studio apartment on 194th and Marion. The roaches looked at you in the morning and said, welcome, have a seat. Let's eat breakfast. Would you like some of this cereal? It was, it was, it was hard. It didn't have to be hard. But you know why it was hard? Because I had small thinking. I saw small But God tells you and I, he tells his people, enlarge your territory. Stretch your tents. Dig your tent pegs down deep. This is permanent what I want to do. I'm doing something new. I've called you to great things. And so from the moment we started, man, I just, I never saw small. I still don't see small. I believe that God is with us. Anybody with me on that one? You believe that God is with us? And so to this very day, no matter what, I believe we're positioned in the right place at the right time because we're in Christ and God is for us. And we're his body. And we don't serve a small God, so what makes us think that we're small? You know, when it came to a need for a bigger space than my home, We didn't have the money to go to the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center, but we had favor. God was with us. When it came to this building and there was a cash offer and they were about to go into contract, and I came here and I told the guy, I got no money, but this is our story. We didn't have the money, but we we had the favor of God. God was with us. When we started stepping out, listen, we would sit. I remember when we first started, we were in a meeting once with the school district. And they were talking about uh, there were over 600 kids that were homeless, legitimately homeless, that attended the school district. And, and I'm sitting there, and we just, we just started as a ministry, just started. And, and I remember sitting there, and my wife looks at me, and I look at her, and I was like, we got to do something about this. And I, and I remember I was thinking it, but what I didn't realize is that it was coming out of my mouth while I was thinking it. And so they were like, well, what do you propose, Pastor? And I said, what do they need? And the homeless coordinator, a guy named Bill uh, Morgan, says, he says, uh, you know, the biggest need right now for these kids is coats and hats and gloves. And then somebody goes, oh, man, you know, we should do a coat drive You know, I got a couple of... Use coats in my house, and you know, I got a couple of things, and and out of my mouth came out, and and I, I pray that this actually came out nicely, but I said no, no, why can't we do new coats? Said, oh, 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 you know that, that that's 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 a lot, and I said we'll do it. My wife looks at me, she goes, well. I come back to the church, and I tell them, hey, there's 600-plus kids that need coats and hats and gloves, and they're homeless. Let's do something about it. And you know what I love about Church at the Bridge? People said, okay. Nobody was thinking about what we couldn't do or what our size was. Everybody was just like, all right, let's do it. Well, unbeknownst to us, because our God is with us, and our God goes before us, We got a call from one of the actors that was on Gotham, uh, the the TV show. He lives up here. He heard about what we were doing and he calls. He says, I want to donate some coats. Can I help you guys? Sure. He sends a whole bunch of coats and somebody else says, hey, I heard you guys are trying to do so. Can we help out? Sure. Listen, we gave them more than 600 coats. Brand new coats. Why? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm telling you, we serve a big, a big God. Dream big. Dare to do something big. Dare to step out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody tonight? Amen. So before we take, partake of communion tonight, I, I want to encourage your faith. By drawing your attention to some powerful words that Jesus left us with, that we would all be wise to remember. Because when Jesus said, hey, as often as you take this bread and you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me, I assure you, he wasn't just talking about the cross. And I assure you, it wasn't just about the resurrection either. They're both equally important. It was about the totality of his ministry. It was everything he taught us. Everything he gave us, example by his life and by his works. Every promise that he gave us. He said, Remember me. So I want to encourage you to remember a couple of things. Here's one that all of you will appreciate Matthew 28 18 through 20 says this. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. To me. Watch this. Therefore, go. It's a transfer. A divine transfer. He says, therefore, you go and you make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now get this. He's talking to men that he know he knows are going to deny him, betray him, run away, uh, leave him. And he's saying to them you go do this. These guys had already done that. And he says, no, 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 you go do this. See, in our minds, after having denied Jesus, after having left him at the cross, after having cowered in fear, and now seeing Jesus risen in Matthew 28, some of us, here's how he would, here's how we would perceive it. Oh, man, I'm I'm not worthy to do this. No, Jesus saw, listen to what he saw through the disciples, the entire world. The entire world. Why do I share that with you? Because there's nothing small about you and your call. And so I want to encourage you to go and do what Christ has commissioned you to do. Listen, never mind what you know or don't know. Never mind if you can't say it eloquently. Never mind if you're, if you're wondering, will, will it work, won't it work? Never mind if you doubt that people will see Jesus through you. You go. You dare to be a light. You dare to make a difference. You dare to step out. Listen, this world needs some dangerous believers that understand, man, listen, God is with me. God is for me. I remember when we used to go evangelize in the Bronx, man, we would do drive-bys literally, literally. I bought a van just so that we could stuff more kids in our vehicle because they didn't fit in my Mitsubishi uh, OZ rally. I had a little racing car. And me and my wife started dreaming big and we said, we need a bigger vehicle. So we bought a Nissan Quest when they first came out. It was like a plane. We stuffed it with kids. And we would pull up in, 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 in the projects. I remember one time we pulled up on Soundview in the projects. And this dude had these two huge uh, um, Rottweilers. And, and we jump out and they thought it was the police. And you got all these teenagers, overgrown teenagers, right? These guys had beards, long hair. They looked like, you know, like men. But they were kids, they were teenagers, 16, 17, 18, right? Messing up in school and everything, but they loved Jesus. And I would talk about, listen, we're going we're to go hit the projects, and we're going to go talk something about Jesus' bed. Let's, Let's go, Pastor. I'm down. What's Like straight hood. And we would pull up, and these dudes would jump out like they were SWAT. Dogs running at us, whoa, 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 and, and they're like, what, what, what? Yo, I'm just here to talk to you about Jesus. He's like, guys. But they were daring. Can I tell you where a lot of those kids are still today? Serving the Lord. Making a difference. Touching lives. They may not have it all together, but last time I checked, we're in good company. None of us do, right? Share something else with you from the words of Jesus. In Luke 12, 11 through 12, Jesus said this, when you are brought before synagogues and rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. <laughs> For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Can I tell you, don't worry about your accusers. You have a great defender. Listen. We're in a time right now in this nation where people are fighting for their livelihood. Their livelihood. People are trying to defend what's theirs. In the midst of policies, in the midst of changes in this country, in the midst of of, agendas. Agendas. All right, let's talk about it. Let's be real, right? We could could be real in church, right? This ain't taboo. And I want to encourage your heart to remember that your greatest defense is Jesus. And he will give you the words with which to speak. Can I tell you something about your pastor? He's not that smart. He's not, I know the guy personally. He's really not that smart. But I will tell you something that I know. I know God. And I rely on God. Sometimes I'm in the midst of some conversations and I'm like, Lord, I don't, why am I even here? How do I even address this? And all I remember is the words of Jesus. Don't worry when you find yourself before accusers or kings, people in authority. Don't, don't worry. Just speak. I'll fill your mouth. And all I do is this. There was a time when, when I would do that, I would just stick my foot there, and it was a mess. But now I just, I just let God be God. And so I want to encourage you, listen, you don't have to worry about your accusers. You have a great defender. When we first came into this facility, um, there was a, a previous mayor, uh, uh, Mayor Kennedy, great person, and she, uh, there was a council meeting that was going on at one time, and, and we were completely oblivious to it. We found out after the fact. And in this council meeting, there was a conversation, and somebody said, hey, who, Who are these people, how dare they take 90 Broadway and turn it into a church? How dare they take down the stripper poles? There used to be two stripper poles, one right here and one right here. I kid you not. They were right there. Somebody actually asked me, are you going to leave them? I was like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm serious. I kid you not. Anyway, that was, I don't even know why I said that. But they had this meeting, and in this meeting, this person was adamant about the fact that, you know, like, how dare they do that? And they said, you know what? He, they told somebody that pull, pull the records on that building and let, let's look into all this. And the mayor s- said, stop. These people are serving our community, they are working with organizations. We've done programs with them. We've done things with them as a city. You know what she said? She said, leave them alone. Do you want to go back to the days where we have officers coming out with stab wounds? People getting shot? Leave them alone. Don't, don't mess with them. From that day forward, you know what happened? Not a of peep. Let me tell you how good God is. When you are in the right place at the right time, you don't have to be there to see God defend you I can assure you there's someone talking about you maybe even right now but I can also assure you that you have a greater God there defending you so stop trying to defend yourself somebody needed to hear that John 14 12 through 13 is this blessing you Jesus said very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing And they will do even greater works than these things. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let me just encourage your faith by just saying this to you. You can do it because you're not done. As long as you have breath of life and you have Jesus This call, this mandate, this anointing is upon you that you can do greater things. You are built for greater things. You are anointed for greater things. You are called for greater results. You are called to be a greater influence. You are called to be a difference maker. That is your anointing. That is your identity. That is your call. That is part of your makeup. That is the God in you. And one of the greatest challenges that believers face is getting past the hump of just enough. You know, we just read that we're called to greater things, but most Christians, unfortunately, and I don't believe that this is you, but if it is you, don't. Put the shoe on, just, let's just change that. Some Christians, most Christians settle for just getting by. Just getting by. Jesus understood this challenge for the early disciples. He knew that Peter would go back to fishing. He knew that they would go into hiding for fear of people and they would hesitate to go out into the world after his death. And therefore he said these words to them, you will do even greater things than these things that I've been doing. Let me ask you a question. Are you doing greater things? Are you daring to do something greater? Let's chew on that. Are you actually daring to do something different? Can I tell you who are difference makers? I'll use an analogy to describe this. You know, dead fish are the ones that go with the flow. But the ones that are alive are the ones that go upstream. They go against the stream. And you, the scripture says, you were once dead. But no, you, you are now alive. You are now alive. You are called to go against the norm. Listen to me, young people. You are called to be different. There's something special about you. Listen believer, don't try to be a part of this world. Don't try to fit into this world. Don't try to gain the the the, uh, the the appeasement of people. Don't try to fit in. You don't fit. You know why? Because you're bigger than the hole that they're in. You're bigger. So don't just settle for just enough. God has built you for greater things. I want you to do something with me. I want you, now hear very clearly before you do this. We're going to take 20 seconds. And in those 20 seconds, here's what I want you to do. I want you to dare to think big. Ready? Go. I want you to see it. What's going on around you? What are you doing? What are the results you're seeing? Now stop. Stop. And listen to me for a moment. You just took just 20 little seconds to just dream outside of a little box. That's a place called greater. Now here's the question: what are you going to start doing about that? Now, for some of us here's where we go. Go back in my little box <laughs> No, don't go back there. There's no life there. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. It comes out of Acts chapter one verse eight, Jesus after his resurrection, and right before his ascension, says to the disciples, but you will have, you will receive power. Listen to this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. In other words, wherever you go, you will bring forth a credible testament. You will verify. You will certify. You will attest without a shadow of a doubt in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth, you will be my witnesses know what he's saying? You're going to be the proof that my power is upon you. Let me just tell you right now, for some Christians, this is where you get a little leery. Holy Spirit, I don't even know about Holy Spirit. What you don't know is that he's already with you. He's already in you. He's your teacher. He's your helper. He's your comfort. He's your strength. He's your advisor. He's the one that reminds you the words of the Father. He's the one that opens your understanding to the truth in God's word. But I want you to hear what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us. He wants to give you power. 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 Let's stand here for a moment. Power. He wants you to walk in power. He wants you to talk with power. He wants you to act with power. He wants you to be bold. With his power. Power. Jesus says, I've given you my precious Holy Spirit. And you shall receive power. Here's the problem. Some people are not receiving it. You have it. But you just won't accept it. There's no one here that is powerless. Powerless. No one. No one. And tonight my prayer over you is this. Is that you would take the words of Jesus and you would remember. That you would remember that the price that he paid was so that you could always walk with the confidence that because he's with you, you're in the right place at the right time, and you're anointed, you're anointed, and I believe that there's some of us right now that we're at a crossroads, it's time to make a decision and not look back, it's time to say I'm not playing no more games, it's time to move past a casual passing by relationship with Jesus. It's time to get serious about the things of God. It's time to put your foot down and stop making excuses to please someone else. It's time to get going with Jesus. Because let me tell you, at the end of the day, one day, whoever they are, whatever it is, is not going to be before God with you. Adam tried to get away with that one. God, the woman you gave me, Uh uh. That doesn't work. I believe that God's speaking directly to you and me. He's saying, right place, right time, right now. Receive what I have for you, take hold of it.